Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, everyone. Wow, do we have an incredible panel for you today and more people joining with every passing second. We are all here to talk about how we can save the wetlands from environmental catastrophe. There is a plan to uh, essentially um, bulldoze LA's last coastal wetlands. 640 acres, home to 1,700 species, some threatened. We're talking uh, foxes and owls and egrets and lizards and rabbits and all sorts of innocent animals who have nowhere to go. They're going to destroy their home. And the most incredible, maddening part about it is they're calling it a restoration. So we want to go first out to Marsha Hanscom, who is one of the leaders of the, let's say, uh, let people know about this movement so they can get outraged. Uh, Marsha, tell us in people terms, and first of all, if you're watching anywhere in the world, this is about you, even though this is happening in Playa del Rey, or we're trying to stop it from happening in Playa del Rey. If they can do this in Los Angeles, the most progressive environmental friendly city in the planet, it, it, it will spell death for wetlands all over the world. So Marsha, lay it out for us um, so that people understand what exactly is going on. Well, this is an area that was uh, protected, supposed to be protected in 2003 by the state of California. State of California acquired, spent a lot of money, $140 million for this land and it uh, is now, unfortunately, because some of our government agencies this happens to, they've been um, captured by the oil and gas industry. SoCal Gas wants to, they have, SoCal Gas has a huge gas storage facility underneath the wetlands, and they want to upgrade their facilities. They want to put new fossil fuel infrastructure in so they can stay there a lot longer even though climate change says they should be getting out, we should be changing our energy sources and not be using gas anymore. And in the, in the process of this, the entire wetlands ecological reserve would be disrupted. They want to come in and bulldoze, excavate more than 2 million cubic yards of soil. And that means, uh, that means death for many, many animals. Well, I want to bring in a couple of people. Lisa Levinson, um, you are uh, the Wildlife Campaigns Director for In Defense of Animals. Please lower the volume. In Defense of Animals. Um, Tell us why In Defense of Animals has really taken the lead in stopping this and, and why you feel it is such a danger, Lisa. 
Well, this is a very important uh, habitat. It, as you mentioned, it's a high-profile habitat in Los Angeles. And for, for those who don't know, wetlands are crucial because what they do is they actually help to filter out the water. They keep our water clean all around the world. And in California, we have only 5% of the original wetlands. Um, they get channelized and uh, cemented in, and then they no longer work properly. So this one in Bayona wetlands is historically significant. And also this IDA cares a lot about this because animals will be at risk. When a similar project happened in Malibu a couple years ago, it was all the animals there were placed into cages and then some were moved, some um, actually died during the process. So we're concerned that the animals there will be dead after this nine year long construction project. So this is not acceptable. Our supporters do not want to see animals killed. There are endangered animals there. There are also um, animals that are common, that are native, that really, uh, this is their home. So it's as though they're getting evicted from their home with nowhere else to go. Now you're looking at a screen share of defendbionawetlands.org. So jot that down, folks, defendbionawetlands.org. It's a place where you can go to just really understand the whole story. And if you want to take a look at some of the animals we're talking about, I'm going to show you. These are the egrets that would lose their home. Two okay? species of egrets. Two species of egrets. Tell us, Roy or Robert Vanderhoek, what... What is at risk here for these innocent animals who call this 640 pristine acres home? Well, as you can see in the photo, it's a place for feeding. And the two larger egrets are great egrets with green color near the eye, showing they're coming into breeding plumage. And you can see that also in the wispy white feathers on the tail. The two egrets in the back are snowy egrets. They feed on slightly different kinds of fish. Uh, the large egret can feed on the land too, out of the wetland and feed on grasshoppers, small mammals, lizards, whereas the snow egret, the two smaller ones in the back, stay strictly connected to the water. So those are in two different niches, uh, overlapping habitats, and they both breed and nest and year round, only for about the last 10 to 15 years at Bayona. There's a white-tailed kite. What I'm talking about is habitat and a mixture of habitats. Uh, about 17 different kinds of wetlands, different types of grasslands, woodlands. There's the purple, there's the Pachygrapsis crassipes. Looks like a male, or possibly a female, but not quite sure. And that's a shoreline animal. Now that's an animal that a larger egret would eat, but not the smaller snowy egret. And right behind it is a plant called marsh daisy with the green leaves there, succulent. And you can see it's a, it's a, it's part of the hab it's part that show, that proves we have an estuary and we don't need to try to bulldoze to make another bigger estuary. We have a fantastic estuary right now in the Biona Creek between the levees and the small tidal creeks. I want to show a couple more photos and you know, people are listening on voice America radio. So we want to describe, here's a skunk. Look at this little guy. Not just any kind of skunk, a striped skunk. Uh, we have two species of skunk in California. The other one is the spotted skunk, more in the mountains. The striped skunk, a very important predator. 
very important. Uh, needing other animals to live on, of course, as a predator, small worms and bugs and and that. And uh, um, yeah, been uh, been evolving in North America for millions of years. And one last, this is a beautiful owl. A short-eared owl. Oh my God! Why are we destroying the habitat for all these beautiful animals? And they're um, just in the middle of making a comeback. That species of owl—they've been persecuted. They're a grassland owl. They don't use trees. They sleep on the ground. They're born on the ground. They uh, spend all their time on the ground, uh, except when they're flying, hunting for prey. But the short-eared owl has been seen a couple of years now, just a single individual each winter, and then departs. But it's showing a possibility of. How in the about next these few pelicans? Years. How could these pelicans be impacted? Uh, the, the, this is a juvenile brown pelican without the white color and the black. It's impacted by, well, it, it's imp- the bulldozing would definitely impact it because there's all the fish life would go away during the construction period, and this brown pelican is born on uh, Anacapa Island, most likely, or one of our Channel Islands, about 20, 30 miles off the coast of California and then uh, grows up as a young bird. Uh, um, we got to stop the bulldozing. We've got to make sure, we have to let everybody know there's habitat here present and suitable and working well. So let me ask you, Marsha, um, first of all, I, I don't want to get into uh, any kind of name calling or mentioning individuals. Um, this is public funds that are being used for this. What is your uh theory, and it is now a lawsuit in which you are a plaintiff about why this is really happening. And by the way, we invite anybody who is involved in this in any way, shape, or form from uh, a company, a private company, from a government agency, from a nonprofit organization, they are invited on anytime at all. We would love to dialogue with them. But what is your theory about why the powers that be are hell-bent on bulldozing L.A.'s last coastal wetland, 640 pristine acres, home to 1,700 different species. You've just seen photos, and those listening have heard about these species. Why are they doing this, in your opinion? Well, several things have converged. One, a number of us worked very hard for years to get bond money passed to acquire and protect lands like this. And Proposition 12 was the first one in 2000 that uh, finally we were able to get passed. And that actually helped us protect this land. And then Proposition 40 and Proposition 50 and all of that helped to protect the land. But unfortunately, there was so much money put into these bond measures and so little oversight of the main agency that is put that is giving out this money and that's the state coastal conservancy which sounds like a great agency but unfortunately they don't have sufficient oversight our lawsuit is uh, names them as a problem that we believe they have misused this public money they are using it for things that are not what the voters voted for we voted to protect and restore this area. This is not a restoration. That's the other thing that's sort of converging with this. For some reason, a lot of these big corporations, well, we've done a great job as environmentalists saying we need to protect places. So they've started co-opting our words. In the, in the forest, they call it restoration when they're cutting down trees now. 
they call it restoration when they're bulldozing wetlands. And it's wrong. And it's unfortunate because it's not restoration. And we're hoping that our lawsuit will help clarify this, that it is not restoration to dig up a place, move all the soil around, take and start over essentially like you've got um, a bunch of clay that you're just moving around, that you're ignoring the ecosystem. So there's that. And then, as I mentioned before, the other thing converging is SoCal Gas, which would like to keep their um, polluting, toxic, and dangerous gas storage facility there. May I supplement that with re about restoration? Sure. Okay, so if we can learn to substitute the word restoration with recovery, that's what we see happening at Biona. When you, sh when you showed the short-eared owl and the two egrets, and they're coming back to be nesting again, that's recovery. That's not done by restoration. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the public urged the Congress in 1972 with the Endangered Species Act, and the way you help endangered species is not through restoration, but through recovery. And that can be passive recovery where you wait for the species to come back if the habitat's intact, much of what is the case with Biona. Or you can play an active recovery where you translocate animals back that aren't going to be able to come back on their own. <clears throat> but you never do restoration when you already have habitat intact and working functionally. So if we can just do a kind of a switcheroo and get everybody to talk about recovery rather than restoration and have recovery teams and recovery uh, captains and recovery plans, even for our more common wildlife animals. Okay. Some people are not aware that there are um, oil, gas, I should say, infrastructure under the wetlands. And again, uh, we could go to our screen share and show a little bit about this from the website Defend Biona Wetlands. So there is one of the animals who would lose their habitat, but let's go back to the oil and gas connection page. And um, you can see if you look here that um, there are facilities there. And these facilities are run by the fossil fuel industry. So will you please explain, Marsha, why this, in your opinion, connects to this plan, which critics have called a fake restoration. In other words, that it's a contortion described as a restoration that in the opinion of critics is really um, a cover for a real agenda. And that is dealing with crumbling infrastructure of the fossil fuel industry. Right. Well, what happened is a lot of people probably heard about the Aliso Canyon, big, huge gas explosion. It's the largest, uh, the largest emission of gases and greenhouse gases that has happened in this country. And this happened up the road in the North San Fernando Valley about five years ago, I believe it was. And it it made it so that it was the same thing that was happening. This gas storage facility, just like the one up there that blew, is old. It's decrepit. All of these um, pipes and valves are starting to crumble, especially near the sea like this one is. So all of that is 
a concern now to the regulators who are saying, wait a minute, we don't want to have another big gas explosion and have everybody have to evacuate. I mean, we would have to evacuate LAX for a couple of months or a couple of years, maybe even if something like that happened here. So they're, they're worried that they have to fix it. And the only way they know how to fix it is to dig up this place. So it sort of congeals that they've got this huge gas storage facility under the wetlands that many people don't even know is there. And then they think they've got to fix it. Well, but this is a deceptive plan. If that's what they think they have to do, they should be telling people. But secondly, we have city council member, Mike Bonin. We have a a county supervisor, a state senator who have all expressed concerns to the governor and who have written letters saying we either need to shut this down or we need to think about how we're going to shut this down. And so they're worried. They, they don't want to shut it down. They want to get every penny out of this facility. And the bottom line is we're in a climate emergency. We should not be using gas or oil any longer. We need to move toward renewable energy. And the technology is there. We just have to have the political will to have that happen. And, and sacrificing the Bayona wetlands, this amazing ecological reserve for the, for the gas company to uh, eke out a few more dollars is unacceptable. And by the way, there's a huge opposition to this. I mean, if you look at the groups that are against this, there are a lot of groups that are very much opposed to this. And so we've got um, also public records where experts uh, opine that this is not a restoration. So uh, let me ask you, Lisa Levinson, this is Los Angeles. We're supposed to be an environmentally friendly city. They say what happens in LA spreads to the rest of the world. I know there are similar battles occurring all over the world. There's a huge battle in Florida right now where they wanna create these sort of make work projects. People call me, oh, they wanna put a bike path through the Everglades. You know, I used to barely be able to drive across the Everglades, it was so hot much less somebody's going to bike across the Everglades. It seems like these projects are being cooked up because, hey, you know, there's contracts that go out. There's a lot of money to be made in these things. But the point is that nature is diminishing. We're in the middle of a pandemic. The lesson is it's a zoonotic disease that jumped from wild animals to humans. And everybody who Um, has studied this issue says the solution is to leave nature alone, give it a little space. So right now, the way it stands at the Bayona Wetlands Ecological Reserve, which um, they are proposing to bulldoze over the course of nine years, let's not even think about the kind of traffic nightmare that is going to create. I live in the area. There's already, even with the pandemic, Horrible, horrible traffic because they've overdeveloped. If you spend nine years bulldozing right at the corner of Lincoln and Jefferson and beyond, it's going to be a nightmare. People won't be able to get to LAX. Okay, I mean, this is, I I can't even believe that they're proposing this, frankly. Um, But getting back to my original point is if it happens here in L.A., This could spread all around the world because there are moneyed interests that for various, with various types of schemes, want to get their hands 
on pristine wildlife. They can't leave it alone. It's like they're looking at it and what they're thinking in their minds, this is my analysis, no proof of what's in anybody's mind is, that's empty space that I want to monetize. I want to make money off of that. But it's not empty space. 1,700 species call this pristine, uh, beautiful wetlands home. And so that, in this era where we are really facing the consequences of the obliteration of habitats, should be the primary uh, call to action is let nature survive. Yeah, so we at In Defense of Animals definitely want to encourage um, the survival of nature and all of the animals and the plants that live in these wonderful habitats. Uh, unfortunately, some of these projects you're describing that are using bond money. Um, it is a money-making uh, strategy, and they've been doing this up and down the coast of California, actually. They did one a few years ago in Malibu. They're proposing to do one in Topanga, which is a neighboring community. They have already done one of these, uh, San Alejo, which is now near San Diego. So they've done a lot of these bulldozing projects, and it does destroy the wetlands, and then they... Um, rebuild it with different amenities that are in there for for the public so what we're trying to do is say we don't want to rebuild this i love what roy was saying about to um, have it be a recovery we'd like to recover this wetland here at biona which can use some gentle tlc uh, there are some non-native plants in there there's a lot of reasons to go in and improve um, some of the existing habitat for the animals but we don't want to destroy the animals while we're trying to improve the habitat so you can plant plants you can do a lot to help the environment without actually um, destroying it through using giant bulldozers uh, and that when you take out the soil in that way it disrupts all of the organisms that live uh, on the soil it changes the water flow they do plan to to uh, add more salinity more saline water into this wetland which will kill a lot of the animals that depend on the fresh water that's there so there are many many reasons why we don't for the animals specifically that we do not want to bulldoze the land at the Bayona wetlands. People who are listening, we are showing video and photos of the actual animals at the Bayona wetlands. These are the animals who live at the very place that they want to destroy. And they are calling it a restoration. And critics who have filed a lawsuit say that that's basically a cover story. It's like doublespeak. It's not a restoration to destroy everything. How is it a restoration to destroy where all these animals live so that they would have nowhere to go while you bulldoze it for nine years? Starting at the corner of Lincoln and Jefferson and Playa del Rey, which is really the way you go to get to the airport for a lot, a lot, a lot of people, this is gonna impact a whole bunch of neighborhoods, uh, not just the animals, but the human animals who have to move around. There's already so much overdevelopment in the area. They've overdeveloped, and then they use that as the excuse that, well, there's so many people, we have to uh, then provide more public access. Here's why that is actually not true. And maybe you could speak a little bit on this, Lisa Carlin. 
Yes. It's not true because there's already public access, except for the fact that they've got a lock on a giant gate. There is a giant gate there that they've locked. On the other side, there are benches. There are places to hook up your bicycle. There are many paths. So critics say they're holding the public access hostage. Right now, people could be touring the Bayona Wetlands Ecological Reserve, looking at the wildlife in a respectful way, um, but they won't let them in. Now, there's, there's already bike paths. You can bike path there. You can bike through there. You can walk through there on the, some of the main thoroughfares. So I found out about this accidentally through my friend Molly Basler, who said, come to a protest. Jane Unchained should go cover a protest. Uh, I, I didn't know it was happening. Most of the people in Marina del Rey, Playa del Rey, Culver City, Westchester, Venice, Santa Monica do not know this is happening. This is why we are getting the word out however we can, that this is something that they are planning right now. Lisa Carlin, you're one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. Why did you decide to get involved in trying to stop this plan to bulldoze 640 acres that is currently the ecological reserve, the Bayona Wetlands Ecological Reserve, the last coastal wetlands in Los Angeles? I got involved in this project as soon as I learned about it. I thought it was it was essential that I use my voice, and my, this chapter of my life is devoted to using my voice to speak up for others. And others includes people and animals. This is an absolutely gorgeous, pristine area, and I strongly believe that um, that this that this um, am I on the screen? Let's see. And I strongly believe that. We have to stand up for all these animals and use our collective voices. This is a beautiful, beautiful area. Um, I, I implore anyone to come by and drive by and look at it from the outside. Yes, there is a gate. It's locked. It's supposed to be open. It's supposed to be open to the public. But this is an abomination that bond money is being used for private industry. It has. It should never happen. It should never happen. The problem is the public doesn't know. So we are here to let the public know. And and every single one of you out there in Jane Unchained Facebook land can, in fact, do something. You can share this video feed and you can write something that says how you feel about destroying uh, a pristine area of nature. The idea that it's going to take nine years to do this and wildlife is going to be caged they're going to be dead before the project is done. This is not compassionate. This is just simply an abomination. I I don't know what else to say, except that this needs to be spread. People need to know California, uh, city of Los Angeles taxpayers need to let their uh, representatives know that we are upset that bond money that was voted on is not being used appropriately. And, and, and just one phone call, one email to your representative, to your city council person will give the attention that we need to this project. Well, in fact, the powers of be have found out that this is not popular. There have been public hearings and there's going to be another one on Thursday but there have been public hearings where they thought they were just going to have uh, basically a couple of people um, you know, promoting this and that's it. And there were dozens of people in each case, Marsha, 
who spoke up and said, we don't want this in our neighborhood. We don't want, here's the thing that I have to say. It's obscene to destroy 640 acres where 1,700 species, that's just the species. There's a lot more than 1,700 animals and plants live and call it a restoration. That's doublespeak. When there are much gentler ways, there's four options available. And um, option four, which one is the gentle one, the gentle option, Marsha? Unmute yourself. The gentle option is option four, and it is the one that allows for what Roy was saying, uh, allows for recovery. It allows for uh, putting in a, a, maybe a bench or two here and there to unlock a gate and allow docents to, uh, to provide tours. It allows uh, picking up trash. It allows doing things that are maintenance and tender loving care sorts of management. And that's really what is needed. We, we could uh, remove a few non-native plants and put in some other native plants that need to be there. There are a number of uh, birds like the California quail, which is the state bird that could be brought back in, in a recovery effort, like Roy said. So that's, that's what we're supporting is option four that allows for a gentle recovery and genuine restoration. And um, we hope that we actually, there's a meeting this Thursday of the Coastal Conservancy that we hope some people might even tune into. So um, I'm gonna put that in the chat. Number four, if I may. Yes. Number four is um, the gentle plan and it allows us to do what we've been doing for the last 17 years there as well. Continuing to have public access on the first Saturdays of each month, 24-7 access on the Biona Creek bicycle path to look at wildlife as a former guest on your show, Rick Pine, uh, shows us photography from bicycling on the path, which is in the heart of the wetland. It's like having a boardwalk in our wetland already there. It allows for the rangers to continue to be there uh, and for, for monitoring the area, for repairing, uh, putting up bird boxes. I've put up many bird boxes for tree swallows and bluebirds and um, wrens, three different species of birds um, that have come back to Biona since putting the bird boxes up as part of recovery. Uh, it allows for the passive recovery of various animals that are showing up periodically. And then as Marcia said, there are a few like the California quail that we're going to have to be active about bringing them in because they're a flightless, near, near, nearly flightless bird. So, but the coyote has come back in 2008. It's welcome back now for the last 12 years to Bayona. A little small, delicate, beautiful little snake called the ringneck snake that eats insects has come back. Uh, we think that the slender salamander, our only terrestrial amphibian of the Bayona wetlands, um, lives in the soil, doesn't need water. Unusual for a salamander, but um, it came back, we think, about 1980, about 50 years ago. Um, we have more species to work on helping to come back and, and then other species to, oh, those, those avocets aren't yet nesting again at Bayona, but a similar bird, the black neck stilt, 
has started nesting in just the last five years after 50 years not being there. So some of what we've been doing is like DDT has been removed from our ecosystem. Uh, we, we've stopped doing using poisons in urban Los Angeles. Some people are still sneaking in and using I poisons. I want to jump to in and say, you know, for those who are listening, this is a beautiful area. And you are looking right now, for those of you watching on Facebook, at just the beauty of this. Imagine nine years of bulldozing all this. It's horrifying to me as somebody who lives in the area and anybody who is watching who lives in Santa Monica, Venice, Marina del Rey, Culver City, Westchester, Playa del Rey, Del Rey, okay, uh, you guys should really go to defendbionawetlands.org, defendbionawetlands.org and get find out about this issue because they've been keeping it under the radar. You know, that's part of it is that it's, it's something that um, very few people knew about. And um, I didn't know about it. I lived here since 1990. I see these beautiful animals all the time. I love them. They are really what makes me love this area along with the ocean uh, and the canals is just seeing this wildlife, I just yesterday, or was it this morning? I saw a whole flock of geese flying overhead. Yeah, the Canada Canada Why goose. Are we destroying all the the habitats in Los Angeles. The Canada goose just recovered twenty years ago. They did this on Washington Boulevard, okay? And at first glance, when you see it, it looks very pretty. They put a nice little fence around it. It used to be kind of a funky fence. And they put a beautiful fence around it. And, but when you look closely, it's dead. You know, when they say, oh, the birds come back, seagulls come back. That's like, I have nothing against seagulls, but that's like saying, oh, pigeons are coming back to the city. Okay? It's not the biodiversity that exists in the Biona wetlands right now. Uh, can you weigh in on that a, a little bit, Lisa Levinson? Sure. Yeah, we definitely want to... Uh, it- foster and increase the biodiversity that's going on. And Roy has been sharing that several species have recovered, have have come back. And he was even saying that the Canada goose has just come back after the last 20 years into this habitat here. So we definitely want to encourage this. And it's in process. And one of the reasons many of us don't want to see the Biona wetlands destroyed is because it will stop that process. It's recovering on its own the Biona wetlands, so we don't want to stop that and actually turn times backward by digging up the whole, uh, all of the land there. Um, it's it's actually a travesty to do something like this. We're, it's as though the wound has healed, it's healing, and we're just ripping off, you know, the Band-Aid and kind of uh, digging out the sore. So what we want to do is actually uh, have this gentle process where we work more with uh, improving the environment without using heavy machinery so that the animals can continue to live their lives and do everything that makes them who, who they are on this land. And when you use a bulldozer, it's just not possible to do that. We've got a caller. We've got Sarah. Uh, Sarah, your question or thought? Hi. I'm really glad that you're having this on and exposing what's really going on with Biona. I actually live in Westchester, and I drive every day down Lincoln 
and on my left. It's just so beautiful. And I can't imagine nine years of tr- not only traffic nightmare, that, that road would be closed. Ha- that's a huge artery. I-, I can't imagine if anyone here that doesn't even care about birds, animals, ecological habitat, do you even care about getting from A to B? How are you going to get places, even though we're in COVID? How are you going to get somewhere if you well, need to go somewhere with this? Sarah, this is awful. What do yeah. we do? Well, you've made a very good point, and you say we're in COVID. Well, hopefully, God willing, COVID won't last nine years, because this project is going to last nine years. And here's, you know, here's the thing. Marsha, can you explain about what the motive you believe is for SoCal Gas, which we invite on anytime. We love to dialogue with them because the proponents say, oh, they're going to shut down and cap the whales, the wells. But what they don't say is they're just going to sort of, according to what you say in your lawsuit, rejigger some of the infrastructure and do something called slant drilling instead. Can you explain that? Sure. The the plan is really to move the wells. While they say they're going to close down some wells, that's really part of the deception here to try and make people think, oh, they're going to get rid of some of this oil drilling and gas drilling. No, they're actually going to cap wells, but then they're going to move them and put new ones in. So it's really adding new fossil fuel infrastructure into this massive oil and gas field, which they really should be closing down, not moving. And the slant drilling is that they would be building these new drills down near the bluffs, the Playa del Rey bluffs that would slant into the soil and then go back right over to where the wells were. In other words, they are kind of at an angle so that the the gas can still be pumped into the same area. They're not changing the size of the gas field. It would still be the same. They, they still would be piping in from Oklahoma and Texas gas that has been fracked in those areas and sending it into this area, pumping it under very high pressure with lots of chemicals being used in the process into down about a mile beneath the wetlands. So, you know, we are, we are really concerned about the impacts of this gas and all of these chemicals to the wildlife as well. And people aren't even talking about that. So if the governor really feels something needs to be done at the Bayona Wetlands, the biggest thing that needs to be done is to figure out how we can stop injecting gas here, start moving people to more renewable ways of using energy, And in the meantime, even in the interim, they can pipe the gas directly to people's homes and businesses. They don't even need this gas storage facility. This gas storage facility uh, uses less than 1% of the gas storage in the entire state. And given the amount of of, um, people that live right nearby in schools and churches that that would be severely impacted and have already been impacted by smaller gas explosions. We've had some some problems here at this gas storage facility already, and it could be even worse. So uh, we need to really get 
get this gas storage facility closed, stop injecting gas, figure out if we need to inject water to replace the gas or so that we don't have uh, subsidence or what, what have you. I mean, there are experts. This is a great effort that could be made with a lot of good green jobs, jobs for the future that help us with, <clears throat> with um, keeping us from having more climate impacts. That's, that's one of the main reasons to get rid of this gas facility too, is climate change. And, you know, here we are on the coast and they want to dig up this place, invite the seawater in to an area that really needs to have more fresh water. It's got plenty of seawater already. And, um, you know, ask nature, what, what do these animals need? What do the plants need? Not um, what does the gas company need or what do some construction firms. I mean, there was a, a company, Somas Corporation, that got $2 million out of these bond monies, $2 million just to do the engineering for this project. And this guy who headed up that company was the president of the Friends of Biona Wetlands, the, one of the groups that supports this project. So there's a lot of a lot of um, monkey business going on, shall we say, and a lot of, uh, of, of misuse of public funds. There's well, that. And there's a lawsuit about that, and we invite any of the parties that you've mentioned or any of the individuals you mentioned down anytime. We would love to dialogue with them and have a conversation. We're going to take a short break on Voice America, but we're staying long. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We are talking about a plan that is super controversial to completely bulldoze the last wetlands in Los Angeles, home to 1,700 species 
many more animals. Those are just the different kinds of species. We're talking skunks and egrets and owls and uh, lizards and rabbits and foxes. And uh, let's just bulldoze the whole thing. And it's, they're calling it a restoration, which is offensive to me. You know, killing is no kindness. Destroying is not restoring. That's, that's really the, the slogan that comes to mind. Destroying is not restoring. Uh, now, what they said is, look, there's millions of people who live in this area. We want to provide public access. Public access would already exist. Well, it does exist on a modest basis. There's a bike path through there. There's some walking trails. But there could be a lot of more public access already, except that they have this beautiful giant gate and there's a lock on it. So they are holding public access hostage. Now, Lisa Carlin, here's the thing that I find offensive about this plan. They're saying, well, we want kids to be able to go and experience nature. So we're going to destroy all the nature and we're going to put up a 300 parking, uh, 300 car, something like that parking garage. So you're going to destroy all the beauty and all the nature that's there. So you can build a parking garage. Remember that song? We paved paradise and we put up a parking lot. The Joni Mitchell song. Lisa Carlin. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because you're one of the plaintiffs. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I am completely opposed to all of this. I think, it's, I think it's horrific. I think that the public needs to know it's there. I think that's part of the problem. I don't think that the public understands that this is really a beautiful wetlands that can be explored to teach your children about nature, just to simply go there and meditate, to go there and just simply enjoy nature right in the city of Los Angeles. This is just a gorgeous place with beautiful, beautiful wildlife. And it, the, the incredible part is that it's natural. You actually have to look to see the nature and the wildlife. But if you look for it, you'll see it. And as you see all these pictures, we, t- we took all these beautiful pictures. You don't have to look that far. When I was walking toward the protest, when my friend said, go to this protest at the corner of Lincoln Jefferson, I had no idea. I said, okay, yeah, I'll go. She asked me to go. I saw so much wildlife in one of the canals that was right there. I mean, it was like idyllic. And I was like, look at this. And all these poor, innocent animals. uh, Let me ask, let me say this. What I was going to say, Jane, is when I'm talking about looking, if you're in your car and you're driving by quickly, it's easy to miss it. But if you actually get out of your car and you walk through there, you'll see this incredible wildlife. And this needs to be preserved. All right. Couple of things. What can people do? Uh, Lisa Levinson, what can people do? Well, In Defense of Animals has been actively involved in this area for a few years, trying to stop some of these restoration projects. We have put together a um, petition. It's an alert. You can go to our In Defense of Animals website at idausa.org. Um, slash take action or go to the page and look up our take action alerts and you'll find um, this and it's also on the defend wetlands.org website another easy way to access this uh, petition which is a letter that you can click in just a couple minutes send it out to the decision makers to let them know that you also don't want to see biona wetlands destroyed and that's a great way to stay active in in locally, but also anyone around the world can join this because it's also uh, the Army Corps of Engineers is involved as well. So on a national level, you can still get involved. You just reminded me of something important. Marsha 
you contend that they made serious mistakes when they were estimating the flood issues. Tell us about that, because that could affect everybody who lives in this area. Yes, it's, it's actually a very disturbing situation. We found this out only through Public Records Act requests. We learned that for the last two years, the State Coastal Conservancy, which has been pushing this through their bond money, they have been arguing with the Army Corps of Engineers about whether or not they could change the flood protection standards. Do we want the flood protection standards changed? No. In fact, the Army Corps of Engineers, who sometimes has not been so good on these kinds of issues, they said, no, absolutely not. We do not want to change it. We want to be as protective as possible. And instead, they hired a lobbyist. The State Coastal Conservancy hired a lobbyist. They went to Senator Kamala Harris' office. They they, They got her to at least write up a proposal to put put into Congress that would change the flood protection standards. Fortunately, when we found out about it, a lot of people, including U.S. Congress member Maxine Waters and City Council member uh, Mike Bonin, contacted Kamala Harris and said, what are you doing? And she didn't realize what was happening. So when she saw the, the background information, she said, I'm not doing this. Thankfully, Senator Harris said no. I want to jump in and just say, what is the error? The error is that they used a standard from about 60 years ago that would not have, that would not protect the um, area like it should be. The Army Corps has a standard based on how much has been developed in the area. So it has to be uh, as protective as possible. And they did, they said, no, we don't want to change it and make it less protective. Why Are you saying that? That, they, that you believe they made a, a big mistake a, in a how big, to estimate huge. floods so yeah. that if there are heavy rains, that could pose a danger or not? Yes. So now, for would, people who don't understand yes. conservancy. Yes. So here's the situation. In the middle of the ecological reserve is the Bionic Creek Estuary. And those levees, that are in the middle of that, on either side of the creek, they actually protect the area from flood damage. In a big storm, you might have the ocean water coming in, you might have the, the rains coming down very heavily. That's why that creek was channelized to begin with. They protect our health and safety, those levees. And those levees are doing great, and there's habitat on them. They, they don't need to be removed, but they want to remove them, and then build big, huge berms on the outside, and they are not as protected. Honestly, I still am having a hard time believing this. Now, when there have been some hearings that I've attended, and we've only got a couple of minutes left, one of the things that I notice is proponents do not acknowledge the slant drilling, and they don't acknowledge that those uh, gas wells are not going to be they say they're going to be shut down, but they leave out the second part that it's going to be moved and they're going to do a new kind of drilling and they're just changing it according to you and the lawsuit. So to me, that says they know that if they're, if they're, if they're intentionally leaving a part of the story out, to me, that, that means they know that that wouldn't go over very well. And, uh, you know, that, that gave me pause. I was like, wow. 
Uh, because, in fact, during one of these hearings, somebody said, stop with your conspiracy theories. And then another expert came on and said, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not a conspiracy theory. The fossil fuel industry will benefit from this bulldozing. And uh, so he validated the concerns of people who uh, were being dismissed as conspiracy theorists. Um, can you just address that a little bit, Marsha? Well, that's the that's the main tactic anybody uses when they want to do something and they are the powerful players. Uh, oh, they haven't even acknowledged this whole thing about the flood protection standards, the fact that we would be at risk. People who work, live, and even drive through the area would be at risk and danger from changing the flood standards. They won't acknowledge it. They just, oh, those people, they don't know what they're talking about. We have it in writing. The Army Corps of Engineers says it's a problem. And that's it's a why- problem. Well, well, that I want to get I want to get that data uh, front and center because that's really important. So uh, pull that up so we can we can take a really close look at that. Now, you know, uh, there's so many. We only have a couple of seconds left. So why don't we do final thoughts because we're really getting toward the end of what needs to happen. Starting with Lisa Carlin. Yes. So I think everybody needs to follow us on Facebook at Defend Biona Wetlands. Watch our, uh, check out our, our website, again, defendbionawetlands.org, and, um, and uh, that way we can keep you up to date on what's going on. This is, this is really important, and we're not going to be able to rebuild this once it's destroyed. We have to really stop this now and let people know if you care about wet, if you care about natural reserves and these beautiful Biona wetlands that are just part of our Los Angeles city, this is part of Los Angeles City. Please um, become involved. Join us. Follow us on Facebook and come to the meetings if you can. Most of them are virtual. Thank you. Right. And there's one on Thursday and we'll post some links to that. I want to say something else. During one of these hearings, one of the proponents said, oh, the animals will be moved across the street, blithely suggesting, you know, almost 2,000 species of animals and plants. Well, they'll just go, where are they going to go? To the Home Depot parking lot? Um, give me a break. And also, then another proponent said, um, oh, uh, they, they don't use, no, no animals were killed in previous similar kinds of phony restorations. Um, and, and then you pointed out, Marsha, we've got literally 30 seconds that, um, yes, you did. Yes, animals did die. And we have a bunch of photos of animals in cages that you put in cages. So I think we really need to hold people accountable. We are actually out of time on Voice America Radio. I always want to thank our executive producer, Tacey Trump, and our man in the control room, Andrew, doing a great job. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.